Welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. I am Ryan Hanley, and today we have Harrison Brooks from Reagan Consulting on, and uh, I'm actually super excited. Uh, Harrison and I had a chance to talk a few months ago, and um, I, I, he's going to be a speaker at Elevate 2018. Uh, and you know, I think this topic is is really really interesting that we're gonna that we're gonna talk about today. And and you know, many of you I'm sure have heard of Reagan before. Uh, they do tons of studies and research and and provide consulting and all kinds of valuation and strategy work. And and, and Harrison's gonna give us the lowdown on Reagan. Um, but they've been a big part of our industry for a very long time. And uh, I think. I think the topics are are super relevant. I know in general, Elevate is a sales, marketing, and technology conference, but and and uh, I promise I'm going to let Harrison talk here in a second. But you know, one of the things we found at Agency Nation recently, and it's one of the big. Uh, you know, part of my impetus to have Harrison as part of the conference and to have him on the show today is that it's a lot of times it's these operational issues, both high level strategic and uh, down in the weeds that that really are keeping us from moving our business forward. So it's not just like, I don't know how to use LinkedIn or I'm not good at video or, or I don't like cold calling. It's it's these deeper operational issues um, that that keep us from from really understanding um, how sales and marketing impact our business and and how we move forward. So uh, with that introduction, Harrison, I want to bring you in. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Absolutely, Ryan. Good, good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that uh, we talked about initially was this idea that it that you know, we're, we're, we're possibly in the golden age of the insurance brokerage. Like, like, what does that mean? You, you said that to me and it was like this light bulb went off over my head. And, um, I just was like that. I, I, I believe that I'm with that, but maybe take us into that topic. Take us into that idea a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, I think insurance agencies, a lot of our clients, um, have been around for a hundred plus years, um, have transitioned generationally between father to son, mother to daughter, and it's just an industry that's been around for a long time. However, a lot of really interesting occurrences have been occurring in the past, you know, 10 years, um, and, and even more recently, the past five years, um, five, seven years. And, and why I say we're in the golden age potentially is, Outside investment into the insurance brokerage marketplace has never been higher. Um, there is a lot of money pouring into our space. Um, you know, as the stock market's at all-time highs, um, people are looking to invest money in other places, places that are safe, have recurring cash flows, stable businesses, recession-resistant, um, low capital expenditures, and that is an insurance brokerage at its core. So private equity um, has just flooded into our space and if you know if you're an independent agent out there uh, you might have heard a name of assured partners or acrisure or um, hub international um, these guys are buying up agencies all across the country and there's a reason they're doing it because the investments are the investment return is phenomenal and um, but it's, it's not a bad thing um, you know these new investors that have come in our space have also increased the visibility on just insurance agents in general, and, and banks want to lend to insurance agents. You know, capital um, has never been more expansive in our marketplace today for the independent agent um, 
than it exists today. Uh, so lenders want to lend to agents and are comfortable doing that. So agents have this awesome opportunity to, to reinvest funds in their business, to borrow money, to grow and expand, to do acquisitions. Um, so, you know, there's a big story out there that we hit a record uh, last year in 2017. We hit a record reported transactions of 558 transactions in 2017. Just for some context, in 2007, there were 271 announced transactions. Um, but it's not all private equity, Ryan. What's cool about it is the independent broker is competing in that space and winning. Um, not on not not a lot of times on the big big mega acquisitions, but on the small tuck-in acquisitions um, of someone that, that wants to transition and uh, and cash out of their business. Those, the independent agent has a relationship and can capitalize on that and get some phenomenal returns. So that's why I say we're in the golden age. I think you pair that with, with the insure tech kind of revolution that's going on out there that you talk a ton about. I think that's how we first, I was in, introduced to Agency Nation, was at the insure tech conference in, uh, in Las Vegas this past year. Um, and and so we, we've not only got investors coming into our space, but also, uh, you know, the, the independent agent has to compete. The customer experience has to improve. And so it's just really fascinating. Um, you know, I joined our firm probably two and a half years ago. I actually came from the private equity space and the investment banking world, kind of the Wall Street world. And I, I saw the opportunity in insurance brokerage and where the industry was headed. And, uh, it, and I think there's a bright future. And I think we're in the golden age. And um, independent agents can either get left behind or, or step on board. And it's just really exciting. So that's a long answer to, to the, the phrase kind of throughout there in terms of how we're in the golden age of insurance brokerage. No, I, I think it's a I think it's a wonderful setup for for the rest of our conversation uh, because I, I agree with you. You know, there and and so one of the questions and one of the things that we had talked about too um, was you know all this consolidation. I think it scares the crap out of people, right? And and it and no, I'm not saying it shouldn't, right? There, I think there's a lot of pitfalls. There's a lot of misinformation. I think uh, if you were interest, if you were interested in uh, either buying another agency or selling your agency, like you said, ten years ago, the market was a completely different place than it is today, and so that's uh, definitely scary to a certain extent. But as you described, um, I, you know, private equity came in. Uh, did a lot of consolidating. I think there are maybe mixed feelings on that. But with that also came, as you said, um, increased opportunities for independent agencies to either merge or for independent agencies to attain additional locations. Um, you know, I was uh, just with, uh, did a keynote last week with Roberts and Ryan and Associates, which is an 18 location uh, independent agency uh, headquartered in um, Wisconsin, and they're looking to expand. And, and many of the things that you said uh, play true. The, the private equity may have brought some scary look feeling consolidation because they're kind of not you know the one of us feature that makes the insurance industry so insulated. But um, but at the same time has opened up these avenues and brought in insurtech. So you know. In this consolidating market, right, 580 plus um, transactions last year, you know, you said, you know, independent agents can can compete and prosper. So what are some of the things like in a consolidating market that you're seeing is as as opportunities for agencies? Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. I mean, I think it, it starts with um, 
it starts with kind of forced discipline um, of on the independent agent side. I think for, for many, many years, a lot of independent agents out there have been able to kind of get away with running a lifestyle business um, of, you know, not really investing in technology or, or new producers or staff to go out and, and write new business and, and just kind of be okay with the status quo. And um, and so what what is what has changed with the kind of the wave of M&A and consolidation is the independent broker can absolutely compete, but you have to run your business as a business and not necessarily as a lifestyle. Um, and that's a lot of the clients we work with. They spend a lot of time, well, how do you do that? You know, well, what does that mean? You know, what, what does that look like from a from a from a operation standpoint? And that's why, you know, we'll talk about it a little later. But we've done this best practices study in our for over 25 years, looking at the the operating metrics of a firm and where you should be investing, how you should be spending your money, what are the right expense ratios. Um, but you know, in terms of specifically how the independent agent can compete in this M&A consolidation wave, really, it's offering an alternative. Um, it's selling their culture. Uh, you know, if you just take take for example uh, a, um, a situation where uh, there's there's a father um, and his son. He's had an insurance brokerage just passed down to him from his dad, and um, and his daughter does not want to get into business, and uh, so he he doesn't really have a lot of perpetuation options or someone to give his business to or to sell his business to. And so he turns to the outside market and says, you know what, the best thing for my family is to capitalize um, and sell this asset um, and kind of pass that money down generationally. And the market multiples out there are crazy. I mean, you can sell an agency now for two, three times revenue if it's run the right way. Um, but, you know, so, so yes, that's one option. Someone could sell out to a private equity firm. But with that, you also kind of, there, there, there's a, uh, you know, there's a give and take because you're going to turn over operational control. Um, uh, a private equity firm then has the ability and the right to kind of come in and make changes, whether it's to your staff um, or to your operations. And and sometimes that can be that can be hard. And there's there's better buyers out there. Um, private equity is not all a bad thing. Um, some are some are good actors and some are bad actors. And that's a lot of our job is to navigate um, and direct people to the good actors, um, to people that are not going to come in the day after the deal's done and cut all the people. But I think the independent agent offers a unique um, kind of opportunity for that for that dad that's sitting there looking at his business and says, you know, I, I don't have someone, you know, my employees don't necessarily want to run the business or buy the business, but I want to keep this in the, in the in independent agent system. And so, you know, let's say there's a larger independent agency in the area, they can they can offer that father the ability to say, let us buy you. We can't pay at quite as much as the private equity firm, but we're going to take care of your people. We're going to keep your culture. We're going to serve your customers in the same exact way. And so we've seen a lot of uh, independent agents take advantage of that and sell their culture. Um, and, and they'll even give some of their stock, you know, kind of a mix, a hybrid. They'll give some stock in a transaction and also some cash. So you can kind of get the best of both worlds if you don't want to sell out completely. So 
So that's how we're seeing, um, you know, the independent agent really compete. And, 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 you know, you don't have to go look to jump, you know, three states away. What we really recommend is kind of owning your 30-minute radius if you're an independent agent out there. You know, who, who is that father in your marketplace that, that is looking to transition his business? Go have a conversation. Meet with them. Um, talk about how one plus one uh, for those organizations can be greater than two. So, so that, that, that is, that's how I would say there's a lot of opportunity advantage um, because that independent agent can really not only just sell purchase price, but they can also sell keeping culture and serving customers um, with excellence. Yeah, definitely a lot of retention issues are brought into the mix when you do heavy cultural changes on a book buy. Um, you know, I've heard horror stories <clears throat> in, in small senses uh, from my uh, wife's family's agency. I've seen a little bit um, done well and, and done, uh, you know, with a little struggle. So there's absolutely something to um, when you can get someone to purchase you, especially if your compensation from the transaction has a retention component to it, um, there is definitely yeah. an advantage to to selling into an organization who wants to keep you know certain aspects of your culture alive because it definitely helps with retention. So it does, and there's really, like you said, there's really two, and it's important for the market. There's a lot of noise out there, but it's important for the marketplace to understand that there's two components to a transaction. There's a guaranteed kind of portion that a buyer would pay, which is more of a conservative number, and then there's a there's an earnout portion that's probably over a period of two to three years that is based on the retention and growth of the business. So that's why picking the right partner is so important because to really maximize your value and for it to be a win for everyone, it's got to be a good transition. So um, whether you're an independent agent, uh, you know, acquiring somebody, you know, that earnout component is that earnout component is key. Um, something you said uh, before, you said run the right way. At a very high level, are there, you know, one, two, three items that you could share with our listeners? Like when you say um, you can max out by by running your business the right way, uh, what are some of those components? Like what is um, what is a potential buyer of your agency looking for uh, when they when they come in? You know, uh, that would meet the kind of run the right way. Um, uh, methodology. Sure. Um, you know, for starters, the easy things are like, you know, if, if you are transitioning your business, you're not going to keep all your country club dues or, you know, your, your kids' college education running through the business. That's step one. But there's really, there, and real, that's what I mean by institutionalizing the business. Business expenses flow through the business. Um, but that, that's low-hanging fruit. Really, there's, there's, there's two key metrics that I really would like to point out for the listeners. Um, when we go in and we consult with people, uh, the value of an insurance agency is really driven by two things, Ryan. Um, it's simple, but it is a proven philosophy, and that's really revenue growth um, and profitability. And the, the big question there is, how do you balance those two things? And, and what are the right targets um, to kind of keep those in line? Because, you know, a lot of what you talk about is, 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 is driving revenue growth, is, is, is the right kind of digital marketing, is, is reaching out to your people, investing in sales and advertising, and that's great. But you also have to keep an eye on the bottom line when you're doing that. And so that's why I'm really excited to be part of the Elevate conferences to kind of speak to the bottom line. Um, because revenue growth is fantastic, but if there's no profits behind it, then you're, you're, you're growing without any profits. Um, 
so what we've done at Reagan, we've developed a, a, a terminology or kind of a, a, a rule of what we call as a rule of 20. And it's a way basically um, for an operator of an insurance agency to balance growing the organic growth and also growing the profitability. So uh, l let me just run, run you through how it works. The formula basically says um, it's your organic growth. So your growth, this is your kind of core growth in commissions and fees, excluding acquisitions. Um, this is just your growth on your existing book of business. Organic growth plus half of your EBITDA margin, which is really just the profitability of the firm. Um, and so the way to think of that is organic growth is two times as valuable um, as profitability. So when we uh, when you add those two together, we want them to be above 20. So what that would mean is taking an example. If you had an agency, you know, what would be better? Uh, what would be better? Would it be better to have an agency that grows at 10% a year um, and has a profitability margin of 20%? Because um, that would equal a rule of 20, right? So a 10% organic growth and a 20% EBITDA margin would equal 20. Or would it be better to have a firm um, that grew at, at uh, 15% every year and had a 10% uh, profitability margin. So a lower profitability margin but higher growth. And the answer to that is, Ryan, is you can generate the same shareholder return in both of those scenarios. Um, so there's a key balance between revenue growth and profitability and that's a lot of what we do is trying to help firms keep those in check, um, keeping the eye both on the top line and the bottom line and a simple, simple metric there with the rule of 20, which we'll dive into more and elevate on kind of how to calculate that. Um, but that, that would be step one, I think, is to keep those two pieces in check. Um, any questions on the rule of 20? Then I'll give you one more metric that I like to point out. No, I am super, super glad that you're coming to elevate. If you guys have not bought your ticket yet, I mean... This is what you're going to have access to, and if you, if for some reason you choose a different breakout session when Harrison is speaking, you are still going to get his a recorded his session recorded for you at least parts of it, um, and that way you can get this. I mean, this is this is exactly uh, what I think many of the agency owners and leadership that are going to be at Elevate need to hear. So uh, let's let's keep going, man. You're you're, you're kicking ass. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think, you know, so the rule of 20, when you step back, and we can get in, you know, numbers and calculations, but when you step back, what it means is if you hit those targets, you balance your revenue growth and with your profitability, I can tell you definitively with doing, we do over, you know, 100 or so, 150 agency valuations annually of firms across the country. And if you hit those targets, you'll generate a 15 plus return for your insurance agents every year. For the prop, for the stock price of your agency. So you think about that compared to putting a dollar in the S and P 500, and, and maybe you're lucky if you get seven percent on average every year. Um, you can double that with just running your insurance business the right way. So that's that's the first that's the first kind of quick tip is rule of 20 um, and capturing that metric of balance in organic growth and profitability. The second is um, sales velocity. 
Um, so, so many times we, we, when we consult with agencies, agencies don't have a sales culture. They have a service culture, which is not a bad thing. Um, it's very important to have a sales, you know, to have a service culture, but at their core, an insurance agency is a sales organization. And if you're not, if you don't have that identity and you don't have that core, you're probably not going to last a long time or your returns to your shareholders are not going to be that great. Um, that's going to be more the lifestyle business that are just focused on the service piece. So a sales organization, when I said sales velocity, um, the way we calculate sales velocity really is you take your written new business that you had this year, it's a simple metric, so how much business did you write this year, and you divide that by the prior year's commissions and fees. And if that number is above 15%, um, you, you're, really just you're really just doing well as an organization. So you wanna, if you do that, um, if you think about your book of business, then if you have every business has, uh, you know, retention problems and you're going to lose a little bit of your business attrition every year. So if you've got a, you know, if you've got uh, a 15 percent uh, sales velocity and, and you have 8 percent attrition a year, you're going to have organic growth at 7 percent a year. And that's awesome. Uh, so what we do is we look at that sales velocity piece, which is just that written new business over the prior year's commissions and fees, and we, 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 we dive into that number and we look at within an organization, Ryan, we look at uh, who, is, who is leading that new written business? You know, what producers are doing that? Are, are, they, are they older individuals? Are they younger individuals? And what we try to do is really help firms think about that and diversify across age groups because, because the younger generation, you know, millennials, which I am one of, sell a different way than the older generation does. And so we like to see a healthy balance across that uh, sales velocity. So we'll actually take that 15% sales velocity and age band it between kind of a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, and a senior class. So above 25 years of age, above 35 years of age, above 45 years of age, and the 55 plus, and look at who's writing the new business. So if your organization is getting all of the new business and all of the production from individuals that are 55 or older, because we're in an aging industry, that's problems. You need to turn around and reinvest and bring in new producers and bring in new blood because um, you'll hit a perpetuation wall. You can't keep that up forever as those individuals um, approach retirement. So sales velocity is the second piece to really keep an eye on that organic, to keep an eye on growth and keep driving growth. Uh, so that, that those are the two metrics. Rule of 20 and sales velocity I would recommend for, for agents to take a hard look at. Now, one of the things uh, Reagan does is the best practices study uh, with um, the Big Eye, right? You guys do that with the Big Eye National. You produce that every right. year. Talk to me a little bit about um, benchmarking in general because I think, it, to me, it's a term that everybody kind of knows what it means, but I don't know that every agency necessarily knows how to take what they're doing in their agency and apply it to these, you know, insightful benchmarking studies. Like, what is the process? What should they be looking at? You know, I think you can get lost in some of the metrics possibly. It might be uh, paralysis from analysis and, um, or analysis, paralysis, whatever that saying is. And, uh, you know, so talk to me a little bit about how that works and what they should be thinking about when they get their hands on um, something like the best practices study that you guys put together. 
Sure, absolutely. Now that's 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 right. I mean, I'm holding a best practice. You can't see it right now, but I'm holding one in my hand, just flipping through it, and it's 80 pages long, and it's a thick document, right? So it's no good if you don't know how to navigate it. And so what we really recommend is, and when we sit down or we have calls with best practices agencies, is pick two or three, you know, or five key things that your agency needs to focus on. Um, whether it's, you know, it's that sales velocity we talked about, the rule of 20, or how much are you investing in new producers, or how much are you spending on sales and advertising, and create a dashboard, you know, where you can track um, on a quarterly basis, on a monthly basis at your firm's management meetings, where you can sit down and track those numbers. So it starts with, you know, good benchmarking. I think, you know, when I hear the term benchmarking, Ryan, I think of static and old numbers. Um, I think of of numbers on a page, and that does not excite me. What does excite me is is really up-to-date, current information that you can use quickly at your fingertips. So you, you get the best practices study, or you get your agency benchmarked against your peers, and then you constantly go back to that and reflect on those numbers throughout the year to monitor your performance. So what we did at Reagan, the, the best practices study is done on an annual basis, which is great, and that kind of serves the framework for the full year. But then we have a thing that we do every quarter, which is open to all your listeners. If you have an agency out there and you, you, you're sitting there telling yourself, I, I need to monitor this stuff. You know, I need to I need to get a beat on the market. How are my peers growing? Am I, am I exceeding expectations? Am I underperforming? Um, and how am I doing? We have every quarter we do a study called the Organic Growth and Profitability Study, where we just look at the high-level key things in an agency. That's your organic growth and your profitability, your sales velocity, all those things we talked about. And it's updated quarterly in real time when all these firms' numbers are done. We had over 160 firms participate this past quarter. Um, the average growth rate of those firms were around 4.5% uh, in, Q, in Q4 of 17. So that's free for agencies to, to submit their data to us. Uh, Ryan, feel free to, you know, my email address is hbrooks at Reagan Consulting, and uh, we can add you to that study. Um, you know, the average size of firms in that study is probably above two and a half million in commissions, um, So, and 10 to 15 million is probably the average size in commissions, so they're on the larger side. Um, but I think the key for benchmarking is just constantly not putting it on a shelf, but creating a simple dashboard that you can look at with maybe five key metrics that your agency wants to focus on. So I will have, uh, I'll have Harrison's, I'll have his uh, email linked up in the show notes. If, you know, if you didn't remember his hbrooks at reaganconsulting.com, just email me, Ryan at agencynation.com. I'll get you hooked up with him. Uh, this is something we need to take advantage of, guys. These type of resources are the things that we always have in the back of our mind saying, oh yeah, that would be a nice nice to have. Leading into Elevate and just the excitement that's going to be around that event, take action on this, right? This is one of those things that like, be a part of it, take action on it, so that when you come to this conference, and you know, I'm doing the assumptive sale here because I know everyone listening will, but when you come in and you sit down and you hear what Harrison has to say during his session and, and all the other speakers that are going to be there, you have action, you're, you're taking action against something that you know what's happening. You know what's happening in your agency, you know what the best agents are doing, and then you can actually pull tactics and strategies and ideas out of the conference that allow you to start to 
to better track your numbers against what the best in the business are doing. So, you know, this this is why how this all works together, but it only works if you take advantage of this kind of stuff. So these are the resources that I am so happy are part of our industry. Um, maybe Harrison too. Uh, so I want to kind of stop us here because there's so much. You just gave us so much meat. It's phenomenal. And um, and I, I can only imagine what your, what your uh, presentation is going to be like at Elevate. But where can people learn more? Where can they connect with you, with Reagan? Uh, and where do they get the best practices study if they want that? Sure. Um, you know, uh, my, my phone number, direct number here in the office is 404-869-2537. Um, we also have, we have a unique model here, Ray, and we don't believe um, that we should charge for research, part of what we do, and we want to in, invest and move the industry forward. So all these studies that I've talked about historically, the, all these studies um, are on our website under industry research free of charge. We've got stuff in there about producer recruiting and development. We've got a private ownership study um, that talks about how do you perpetuate your firm from generation to generation. Um, We've got the organic growth and profitability study we do on a quarterly basis that's free of charge to everyone to participate. It's got market commentary every quarter so you can stay up to date on what what pricing look like in the marketplace, um, what are my my, uh, peers doing and how are they growing. Um, And so, you know, I would say, you know, really three things. Feel free to reach out to me uh, directly if you've got some specific consulting needs for your agency, you know, you're looking at an acquisition or you want to talk about perpetuating your firm. We do really at Reagan, we do strategy for firms. We do uh, mergers and acquisitions, representing sellers on both the sell side and the buy side. And then we also do uh, agency valuations. So we do a lot of work of helping firms assess what their agency's worth. Um, And so, you know, I'd say check out our website, ReaganConsulting.com, or shoot me an email, and I'll also be at Elevate, excited to be there to connect. Um, Grab me, love to have a conversation. One thing that, you know, that's unique about our firm, I would say, Reagan Consulting, is truly, no matter what the goals are of your firm, if you want to grow your firm from a million in in commission revenue and you want to grow them to $10 million, or or, or if you're a $15 million firm and you want to grow it to $30, we're there to partner, partner with you. We have relationships as a firm with over half of the top 100 largest firm in the industry and and have we work with clients you know that are just getting started in the space so um, we're here to help you achieve your goals and, and happy to do that and look forward to connecting with the broader agency nation base dude we I appreciate you coming on um, incredible stuff that you shared on the episode today I uh, really appreciate your time um, for those of you listening uh, you know I Take advantage of this stuff, guys. I know I just said that a couple minutes ago, but I want to reiterate it. Uh, you know, I, I I try to bring experts on like Harrison onto this show to give you guys some insights, but ultimately you have to take action, and that's what it's all about. And uh, if if you are addressing these needs, you know, valuation, perpetuation, M and A, that kind of stuff, um, there's just there's just no one better. So reach out, start your search, uh, and before we go, I'm going to give you the Elevate pitch, ElevateConference.com. Because you're a listener to this show, I'm going to give you a hundred. off the price. Use the code SPECIAL100, lowercase s, SPECIAL100, at checkout. You'll get 100 bucks off um, your ticket. And uh, the last thing I'll say is if you want 
to stay at the Hilton, I would book your ticket now because um, the rooms are going very fast uh, and not everyone who attends Elevate will be able to stay at the Hilton, which is where the conference is, um, just because there's just not enough room. So um, get your ticket today, get your hotel room, come to this conference, see Harrison, see all the other great speakers. Harrison, it's been my pleasure, man. Thanks for everything. We're going to get out of here. Thanks, man. If they show love, I'm going to show it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. Alright, yeah, let's do that again. If they show love, I'ma show it back. If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. Alright, yeah, let's get into it. A lot of things have happened since we last spoke. Like smash hopes, half empty, not his glasses broke. And I'm the captain of this crash boat. So when it's time to sink and swim, I always choose to do the backflow. I know that not a lot of humans are as sharp as I am. My modesty's my greatest quality. It's not, I'm lying. I know I'm only just alright with this hard of rhyming. No, I'm not applying myself. In fact, I'm hardly trying. But just imagine what would happen if I stuck to rapping, man. I'd probably have a helicopter and a couple mansions with some guard dogs and a bunch of fans they love attacking. Probably not, but it's fun to imagine. Hey, yo, I can't complain of where I'm at. I'm just happy to be here. I'd be ecstatic if we had. Happen to have a repeat here. Thanks to Pro Leader, I'm rapping the heaters while passing the reefer, man. That's what I call having a breather. If they show love, I'ma show it back. If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show.